It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with bears and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome on into the Locked On Auburn podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm Zach Blackerby, joined by the one and only Michael Pappas. How are you, bud? I'm doing great today, Zach. How are you? I'm doing good, buddy. I am doing good. On today's show, we're going to talk about a a few quick news stories happening around Auburn sports. Um, We'll talk about who benefits on this Auburn team from these essentially three weeks of time off, three weeks between games. We look ahead to this Tennessee team, just kind of big picture stuff. And then we will chat with Mike Riddleman of the College Gridiron Showcase about the five Auburn players that made their watch list for that all-star game. First things first, the time for the Iron Bowl has been set, which is kind of crazy to think that that is next week. But shocking no one, it will be 2.30 on CBS. Wow. I mean. How shocked are you? Praise the Lord on this one, Zach. Uh, Full praise from me because uh, like a brilliant genius, uh, I totally forgot that the Iron Bowl was happening because I decided to go to Pinehurst that weekend because I'm going to to meet my girlfriend's family and they live in Pinehurst. So I was like, I got to go play the course. So, of course, I made a tea time for Saturday. But luckily, uh, I'm going to be off the course in time. So. Dude, the first weekend I was dating Leah, not the first weekend, the first Thanksgiving while Leah and I were dating, wow, um, she scheduled our flights to and from Ohio, and I was eating lunch with my parents, it was uh, Leah and I, my, my, my parents, and it hit me that we were flying back during the Iron Bowl, and um I was so mad. I was so frustrated. Not necessarily her. She didn't know. She's not a football person. Um, but uh, yeah, that was wild. So we had to pay. I paid three hundred and fifty dollars to get the 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 tick the the different flights. And she thought I was joking. Went like, no, we're watching the Iron Bowl. We lost. Jeremy Johnson started in that Iron Bowl. What a yeah. We uh. But that's I got to see the Cox Cat. I got to see the oh. Cox Cat on our last play. <laughs> We, uh, I like scheduled this whole trip, not thinking anything about it. Right. And then I like paid the deposit, played, paid everything that needs to be paid, whatever. And I don't know, a week or two, no, a week. Yeah. A week or two after that, my mom texts me about like my family going somewhere to like hang out for the weekend and watch the iron bowl together and whatever. And I was like, Oh my, how could I be so dumb? Right. And at this point, everything's booked, and I'm like, oh, I just got to pray. The Orlando Magic signed Chuma Okiki to his rookie deal. It's weird to me how the NBA sees him as a rookie, but okay, cool. We learned that with the whole Ben Simmons thing um, a few years ago. Also, Auburn pitching coach Tim Hudson has been named to the 2021 Baseball Writers Association of America Hall of Fame ballot. That was announced earlier this week, but Hudson... Uh, 17 years in the in the pros with the Oakland A's, the Braves, and the Giants is one of 11 first timers on the 2021 ballot. 
I think that is awesome. There are very few athletes that are loved more than uh, Tim Hudson when you talk about Auburn folks. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's that's awesome. That's incredibly exciting for Tim and his family. And, you know, they've had such a big impact on the community and continuing to, to give back, most notably now. Yeah. Tim's the pitching coach. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, South Carolina cornerback J.C. Horn is opting out of the 2021 season. And when I got this notification on my phone on, uh, on Monday night, I was like, man, I wish he would have done this five weeks ago because Auburn would not have lost to South Carolina. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a real big bummer. Um, yeah, South Carolina also firing uh, Will Muschamp. Right. And, you know... They're upgrading to Mike Bobo. Uh, yeah. All right, then. He says sarcastically because it's Mike Bobo. Man. Um, all right, those are all of my quick news stories. Let's jump into five players that could benefit from this double bye week that Auburn is going through and coming out of. I'll go first. We'll alternate. Jamie and Sherwood, I think the obvious thing here is, can he get healthy in time? He was questionable, according to Malzahn. Um, It sounds like it would have been a game-time decision, but I think he would have been doubtful going into that Auburn-Mississippi State game. But um, that got delayed. Obviously, didn't happen. So hopefully that extra week gives him enough time to get right and to get on the field, or at least healthy enough to get on the field. So uh, I think Sherwood's a no-brainer here. Shedrick Jackson, same thing. Can he get healthy? I'm curious to see how much of his playing time was impacted by injury and how much of it is they put a lot of three wide receivers on the field and he's not a top three wide receiver in this offense. That's a huge question for me. Yeah, I think it's he was having a terrible season, to put it mildly. He got thrown the ball like four times and dropped it three of the four. So, Which is so weird because... Last year, it really seemed like Bo wanted to get him involved. But, I mean, he could be a key guy to step up if Schwartz and and obviously Seth and and Eli, if they all go, maybe he can be kind of a key guy for for Bo next year. We'll have to see. Yeah, we we will. Um, We thought it was going to be this year, but maybe next year. Uh, The name I couldn't remember was Keandre Jones. Okay. Uh, I think he's really going to benefit from the double by just getting – uh, more and more comfortable with the offensive line and, and working with those guys as a five-man unit. So I think he he's going to really benefit of having two more weeks of practice there. I don't know why I couldn't remember his name. That's okay. But. That's okay. Yeah, that's um, that's a really good one because the offensive line looked really, really good against LSU. We took a deep dive into the offensive line during a show last week, and you kind of went down um, some of their blocking numbers and their their ratings through pro, pro football focus, both with pass blocking and run blocking. And Keandre Jones is a guy that I think has been great. And, you know, this is a Brandon Council podcast that you're listening to. But we've been very high on Brandon Council, obviously. And he goes down, unfortunately. But there hasn't been a crazy drop-off there. Now, I can't speak for the leadership aspects and the knowledge in between the years and stuff like that. I don't know. We, I think we'd have to be sitting in there to know that. But as far as on the field, yeah, Keontre's look great. I I totally agree with you. Do you want me to go ahead and give you my, my second one? Or yeah, do you go want ahead. To go? Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with um, J. 
JJ Pegues, certified big boy. He's a certified big boy. I, I think. Yeah. I think any practice, any time that that he gets to be more comfortable in the offense, and they get to figure out more ways to use him uh, in the offense, is is a benefit for him and for Auburn as a team. And so, uh, yeah. I'm going to go with uh, J.J. Pegues, certified big boy. Okay, I love that one. My last one is an obvious one. Bo Nix, get your mind right. Keep the momentum going. Um, I mean, he, he. I think you can make a pretty clear argument. His best two games of his career was, you know, I mean, the, the last two. And so what he did against a very bad Ole Miss defense and what he did against a very bad LSU defense can he keep that momentum going? It's going to be a big question to see. Um, as far as talent goes, I think Tennessee's a little better um, talent-wise, but they just haven't been able to put it together. So we will see what that looks like moving forward. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Frisky Whiskey. Just 15 or 20 minutes away from the Auburn and Opelika community, they provide you a great service and allow you to get a great selection for a very low price, significantly lower um, due to alcohol, taxes, and and all that in Georgia compared to Alabama. Frisky Whiskey is the place to go um, for all of your beer, wine, liquor needs. Also, your one-stop shop for, um, for tobacco and lottery. 10,000 square feet of just all kinds of different things that you didn't even know existed. So, um, highly encourage you to check out our friends at Frisky Whiskey. Just type it into your phone's GPS, and it'll take you there if you're in the East Alabama or West Georgia area, which a lot of you listening are. Be sure to check out our friends at Frisky Whiskey. Also, want to give some love to our friends at Coors Light. You always feel like you're go, go, go. Well, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Uh, while I was watching Cam Newton take on the Baltimore Ravens, I was um, I was sipping on the beer made to chill. Coors Light uh, is crisp and cold as the Colorado Rockies. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Michael, moving on, let's look ahead to Tennessee. We're done talking about the double bye week. It is behind us. Get excited about it. We are now ahead, uh, looking ahead to Auburn versus Tennessee. And you look at this Tennessee team dating back to the start of last year. It's just been a roller coaster. Ups and downs, ups and downs. And then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, they had one of the longest winning streaks in the country. And now here we are where that is certainly not the case. Yeah, Zach, you nailed it. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people remember last season. It, it started out pretty disastrous for, for Tennessee, losing to, to Georgia State and BYU, um, and then losing to Florida 34-3. to So just a, a really bad start to the season. They end up starting 2-5. and five. But like you said, Zach, then they rip off six straight wins. They come into this season riding that six-game winning streak. They win their first two games. Well, now they're on an eight-game winning streak. And if I'm not mistaken, at the time, it was the longest winning streak in college football. And since then, it has been bad. Disaster. Um, They lost to Georgia. They lost to Kentucky. They lost to Alabama. And they lost this weekend, or last weekend, I guess, the seventh to Arkansas. And... 
I mean, this has not looked like the same football team that ripped off those eight wins. Uh, they've, it, I, I think it all starts at quarterback for them with Garantano. Um, it, it's it's tough. He 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 looks like Felipe Franks did at Florida, and we we've said it a couple times. He played his best game of his season, best game of his life against Auburn the last time he was in town, but. Right. I mean, it's hard to have watched that Kentucky game where he threw interceptions on three straight drives. It may have even been three straight passes, and two of them got taken back for touchdowns. And it's just, it, it, it's tough to to find that bright spot with him. And people remember in the Alabama game when he apparently went rogue last season and tried to QB sneak the ball, and it got punched out and returned for a touchdown. That was wild. So... I mean, the guy just makes questionable decisions, I guess, is the way to put it. Um, people were high on this Tennessee offensive line and the Tennessee defense. I think they've both been average. Yeah. Uh, I think I think Pruitt's a good coach. I think they're going to be ready to play. But, I mean, they've been bad for the last four weeks or the last four games, not we. But mm-hmm. so They've got the talent be, up front. It just hasn't – they just haven't executed. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they've been recruiting well also ever since Pruitt got there, right? right. And so suspiciously well. What? Hmm. What's up? I do like their linebacker, but that's because his name is Toto. Toto. Or what? I don't even know. Try it again. It's um. Yeah. To Henry Toto. <laughs> Say it with confidence, man. I think you got it. I don't. I don't okay. think I got it at all. Um, he he's awesome. He's well. He has stunk this season, but yeah, I do think uh, he's awesome to watch. I guess I should say he's not very good, but he, he is awesome to watch. And yeah, he's got an awesome um, name. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing more about this team as we kind of work our way through uh, the week as it's finally a normal game week again. Um, I feel really good about this matchup. I don't really see any glaring mismatches that go in Tennessee's favor as we look at this game. And I think I think we're still seeing desperate Gus Malzahn at home. And it's just tough to beat him in that situation. Coming up, we'll have a conversation with our friend, Mike Riddleman of the CGS. Talk about five Auburn players that made their watch list right here on Locked On. Auburn, whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it every day with Built Go. Comes in one and a half ounce packages, so it's easy to store in your pocket or your purse or your golf bag. Anywhere. Very small. But it packs a punch. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's like a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for your body. Comes with three delicious flavors, peanut butter honey, coconut chocolate, or chocolate mint. They're all delicious. My favorite is the peanut butter honey. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Built Go is loaded with the good stuff to ignite your work. Visit BuiltGo.com. Use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. 
It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Our guest, Mike Riddleman, joins us. Mike is the Director of Scouting and Player Personnel for the College Gridiron Showcase. Mike, thanks for giving us a few minutes. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm doing great. Awesome, man. Yeah, so for those who are unfamiliar with what the College Gridiron Showcase is and what you guys do with the CGS, kind of give us a quick summary before we jump into some of these Auburn guys. Yeah, so what we are, we're an all-star game, all-star showcase, excuse me, based out of Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, This will be year seven for the event. Uh, I've been there for five years now. What it is, you know, and again, from I'll just tell you from what past events. We're an OTA-style format event. We really don't have a game, per se, but what we have is a control scrimmage. For uh, It's a four-day event, and the three days we have individual practice drills, um, you know, position-specific drills for each position, and then on the last day it's a control scrimmage format. And what that allows is for the uh, offensive players, look at the card, get up the line, play fast. Defensively, we're playing cover two, something simple, and it allows the guys to play faster. Well, that's awesome. So you guys dropped the watch list last week for um, potential invites and all of that, and I checked it out, and I saw five Auburn guys on there, and I wanted to reach out to you guys and talk about what you saw in some of these Auburn guys. So let's just um, let's just start in the order that I saw them on the list. Um, cornerback Jordan Peters, a guy that I'm a big fan of. What did you guys see in Jordan Peters? Yeah, he's a you know he's a versatile defensive back. He's played some nickel, played some safety. Um, you know, he had a big game against Georgia. He had 13 total tackles. Uh, you know, interception versus Arkansas really displays good range. Uh, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, he had an injury from last year. Correct, that he's coming yeah. back from a torn Achilles. You know, right. You know, six six in tackles on your team right now. I mean, really a good good defensive back. Yeah, it's funny you you mention uh, the good game against Georgia because there wasn't a whole lot of good to come from that Auburn Georgia game. <laughs> but starting safety smoke Monday, like two seconds into the game, gets hit for targeting, and um, Peters right, was one of those right. guys that came in. So you know he's a rotational guy. You know I believe he's had some starts this year so far. But, you know, really good range and awareness of the defensive back position. There's a joke uh, among the Auburn beat and the Auburn fan base that Jordan Peters is good for a block punt like every three or four games. Do, do you know, from a, from a scouting perspective, where does that rank as far as priority goes when you draft a defensive back? You know what, it, it shows, you know, special teams is a, is a key point, you know, making a 53-man roster. I mean, there, there's limited space, you know, but... Uh, you know, if a, if a guy has a special teams background like Jordan does, uh, I believe he blocked a punt against Arkansas. Am I correct? That's right. Yep. Uh, yeah. So you know, uh, you know, when he has that special teams background, you know, it, it's key. It's key for evaluators to see that. Uh, the next guy is a guy that I was super high on going into the season. He hasn't looked like his previous self. It looks like he's kind of. Um, battling a, a lower leg injury, but defensive end, you guys have him listed as a defensive end. Big Cat Bryant, uh, what have you seen from him? 
So he plays the buck position for you guys, a defensive end, linebacker hybrid. You know, he came in as a high-priority high recruit, if I'm correct. Right. Um, you know, big frame, 6'5", 250, you know, it, you know uh, good get-off coming off the ball, uh, active hands and pass rush, you know, strong with the pass rush. You know, he's not like one of those uh, finesse guys from what I've seen, but, you know, just the ability to stand up and play in space that that that's key and you know I, I know he hasn't shown what he you know in the past what he's shown but uh really like his athleticism and his versatility and he's put on a ton of size i mean when he showed up on campus he was very tall very very skinny in fact uh, the the next guy on this list TD Moultrie he was the five star buck all right but he wanted to be listed as a linebacker when Auburn signed him, and then Big Cat was behind him, and I believe he was a three-star. And it was kind of interesting because a lot of folks were looking at Big Cat and it's like, oh, well, he's just going to get washed because he's going to be behind T.D. Moultrie, who's going to be this clear-cut, you know, play three years and then get drafted in the first two rounds. And obviously that hasn't been the case. But when you see guys like Big Cat who come in and work their tail off as far as transforming their body – is that something that folks look at, or is that just kind of expected at some point? Uh, we look at that because, you know, transformation of the body is always a key aspect. You know, how do they progress their three to four years in college? And, you know, I think it's nice to see, you know, him progress the way he has. Um, you know, and I'm glad he brought, uh, brought up uh, T.D. Moultrie. I'm excited to talk about him as well. But, you know, Big Cat, uh, just seeing the versatility is key. Uh and like I said, being able to play in space and the awareness he shows. So I'm, ex- I'm excited to watch that more. Yeah. All right. Well, tell us uh, what you saw about T.D. Moultrie. Very, very talented coming out of high school. Five-star guy. Pretty much every college in the Southeast won. The Auburn won the battle. And he hasn't really seen the field a whole lot. So uh, what have you seen from T.D. Moultrie? So it's interesting. Doing a little research on this guy. Uh, you know, he was an athlete coming out of high school, like you said, Uh I believe his junior year, he made the transition from linebacker to safety, and then senior year, he played linebacker, safety, and DN. I mean, just an all-around athlete. Uh, a versatile background in high school, like we said. Uh, athletic edge rusher. You know, very quick first step. Uh, just, you know, the the production hasn't been there, but there's a lot of traits that intrigue us. And what are, what are some of those traits, just as far as him being athletic? Just athletic, you know, the quick first step off the line, uh, active hands, uh, you know, disengage blockers, you know, but the ability to bend, you know, ability to bend and uh, set the edge up front. But with him, it's just like a, uh, I mean, it's limited tape, right? So, I mean, how do you, how do you evaluate that? Or is that why, you know, things like the CGS are so important? It's, 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 uh, you, you made a uh, great point with that, you know, CGS gives those guys that, you know, have a question mark on the field, you know, the ability to come on. And we, we've seen a little bit of tape on them, um, but, you know, there's potential there. Definitely there's potential. The last defender uh, among the Auburn guys on the watch list you guys dropped last week, Tyron Truesdale, um, a guy that looked a lot better in my eyes last year when he was next to that Derek Brown guy. He's pretty good, by the way. But now that he's kind of been has to be the guy in the middle, um, you kind of see him get swallowed whole with some of these double teams. What do you see with Tyron Truesdale? So you made a good point about his film last year. He was very active in the backfield for his size. You know, light on his feet, um, disengage blocks quickly and effectively. 
And I, I was especially prevalent in the Oregon game, your opener last year. Yeah. Uh, he made, yeah, he made the key, uh, looking at my notes, key fourth quarter sack, you know, with seconds to spare, if I'm, I'm correct or wrong. Mm-hmm. I apologize. But, you know, real active. I mean, I think this year, you know, you know, the one thing you see is his heavy hands coming off the ball, laying a strike. Um, after that, you know, I think he's getting a little bit more of attention this year. You know, like you said, he had a heck of a guy and Derek Brown right next to him. So he freed up some one-on-one blocks for him, but I still see a lot of potential in him. 6'2", 325, I believe. You know, uh, like I said, light on his feet, but, you know, just getting that little bit more of attention this year, I believe. Yeah. And then uh, the last guy on our list, the only offensive player for Auburn on your watch list from last week, but wide receiver Eli Stove. Um, and it's kind of interesting. There, there's a joke that he's been at Auburn since like the mid '80s. He seems like one of those guys, like <laughs> Clemson's Hunter Renfro. Like, are they ever going to leave? Yeah. But uh, Eli, very well loved by the fan base. But in my eyes, I think he has been the most underutilized receiver that Gus Malzahn has had at Auburn. So I was glad to see that you guys are looking at him and possibly going to uh, extend an invite to him down the future. I hope the NFL looks at this guy because I think he can be really, really good for an offense. You know, I think the key word for Eli is consistent. Yeah. You know, just consistent consistent play, uh, good ball skills, uh, 21 receptions, uh, 200 yards, three touchdowns, uh, a reliable player in the passing game. And then he also has a punt return experience as well. And again, that special teams aspect carries over to the evaluation process. So, uh, again, I, I think just good, consistent play from him, reliable, uh, you know, just to have the ball in his hands and he can make plays. As far as the five guys we talked about today, Mike, Peters, Bryant, Moultrie, Truesdale, and Stove, I mean, what do you think the window is as these guys getting drafted? I know it is way early. I mean, we are months and months away from the NFL draft, but just as far as you looking at these guys right now, what are your kind of thoughts of just kind of shooting from the hip? Uh, you know what? I, I've... If, if we can predict where guys are getting drafted, you know that that would be a profession in itself. Um, you know what? I think these are all very good athletes with you know good good prospects of of playing the league, getting a look at the league. You know, so I I wish I could you know set a number, but you know just very good athletes. You know, I'm excited sure. to, to see these guys on our watch list, and you know hopefully we can get them down to Fort Worth and you know showcase in front of NFL and uh, NFL scouts. Awesome, man. I had to ask. I had to ask, Mike. Where no, can, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> where where can people find you on Twitter, man? So I'm at M-R-I-T-T-9140. Okay. Fantastic. Yep. Uh, Fantastic, yeah, right. Well, cool. Thank you so much for your time, Mike. Really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, look forward to chatting more down in the future. And that does it for today's edition of Locked on Auburn. A little different. Some scouting action. I love that stuff. Thank you so much, Mike. Follow Michael Pappas on Twitter at CouchPapTato. Follow me on Twitter at ZBlackby. The show on Twitter at LockedOnAuburn. We'll be back tomorrow right here on your favorite Auburn podcast. This has been Locked On Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.